Anybody want some guidance or wisdom or truth? I do. Yeah. Isn't that often what we're all looking for? Is guidance, wisdom, and truth in our own way, whatever that is? It's kind of funny, though, but don't we often look for that guidance and wisdom and truth for the physical level? Isn't it that we often look to God or spirit or loving to give us that guidance or wisdom or truth in our physical lives, how to make our physical lives better, how to have the physical experiences and circumstances in our lives work out for the better, of course. You know, we've heard those phrases like, let go and let God have trust and faith that things are going to work out just fine. But then sometimes we have experience like, well, why would we have trust or faith when we see how bad it's going to go? Because a lot of us have had those experiences, so we don't have the trust or the faith. And it's hard to do that with something that we can't see, that we don't really know as tangible as we have here physically with our own bodies. And so that makes it more challenging. And it's just funny, even those of us on this path, the sound and light, this path, what is it about? It's about soul liberation. It's about the soul liberating itself from the attachments, the experiences of this physical dimension of the body, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, subconscious, all of that. But yet when we go inside, we often just keep seeking for that greater guidance and wisdom and truth for a better physical life or maybe an emotional life. Or somehow we just have more peace within ourselves because we find ourselves in turmoil or struggle or pain of some sort. And so we often go to God really more in a prayerful state of God, please help. Give me this or give me that. Rather than moving into that state of simply loving God. Rather than moving into meditation to simply love God, to be in loving with God in our own soul. Think about it. Because I know most of you in here do meditate. Think about your own meditations from day to day. What do you do when you go into meditation? How do you approach your meditation? Do you really, I'm not going to say always because there's never always here, but do you go in most of the time with an intention of just simply loving God and awaking up to that greater knowing of your oneness with God? How many of us really approach meditation that way? And how often do we go into meditation really more seeking that guidance or wisdom or truth for our physical lives, for our mental and emotional lives? It's just something to pay attention and be aware of. You see, there's a little secret here, even for those of us that are really disciplined meditators. There's a little secret in all this because a lot of us try meditation and we go, I'm not sure if this is really working or not. Well, the key is is our approach to the meditation. How are we really approaching it? What is our intention? What are we seeking or wanting to give, let alone receive? How often do we approach meditation wanting to give? Whereas most of the time we're approaching meditation because we want to receive something, even if it is God's loving for us. The big key in all of this is approaching with a true, sincere, 
desire, intention, focus, whatever you want to call it, to simply be loving, to give and receive loving. That's the secret, not only in life, but in meditation. It's really funny because when we approach meditation with the true action of loving God and allowing God to love us, that all those questions and struggles and concerns and all the things we're seeking that guidance and wisdom and truth for, it's in the state of loving that they actually get answered. Because in that state of loving is truly the state of God. Just like we have the phrase, let go and let God. Well, how do you let God? You let go, right? Well, what do I let go of? How do I let go? And then what do we do? Oh, man, let me focus on all the things I got to let go. I've got all these lessons to learn, all these karmas to clear. I've got all these questions I need answering. And so we're focused on, on letting go of all that. But now where's our attention? It's not on God anymore. It's on all the things we want to let go of, all the things we're going to God to get answered in the first place. But over time, when we approach meditation and have all these struggles and inner turmoils and things just don't seem to be working out and we're not awakening, just remember this. Because the way to let go is to let God. So in ILM, we like to say, instead of let go, let God, we say, let God and let go. Because when your focus is on God, your focus is on loving. And then the letting go just takes place as you participate in the loving. So let your actions be one of loving. And you know the funny thing is, in the word loving, it can be loaded, right? We're talking about loving God and meditation. Well, guess what? If you are loving anything, you're loving God because God is loving. So if you're loving your neighbor, if you're loving yourself, if you're loving the disturbance in you, if you're loving the disturbance in the world, if you're loving at all with anything, you're loving God because you are loving. Remember that. You are loving. Yes, often we give our loving a focus other than God directly, but it's still loving. So remember that one too. Because what do we often do? We go on inside and beat ourselves up because we're not doing the meditation correctly. Well, oh God, I'm not loving God. I've got all this stuff I'm dealing with. So I'm trying to let it go. Just start loving all that stuff. Because as you love all the stuff, if you remember from a couple classes we've been redefining the word karma and calling karma stuff now. <laughs> That's what everybody calls it, right? All my stuff, all my stuff. That's right, all our karma, all of our unlearned lessons, those things that we're yet experiencing to awaken and come to know. Well, guess what? God is in all of our stuff. God's in all of it. So we've got to love all that stuff in order to awaken the God that we are in all of those things, creations that we've created in one way or another, whether it's mentally, emotionally, imaginatively, or physically. doesn't matter what level it is. So just begin to do loving. 
Love it all, everything, because that's how we do God. Just like that phrase, we're all made in the likeness of God. Well, if we're made in the likeness of God and God loves all of its creation, well, then we've got to do what God does to be like God. Love all of our creation. Love all of creation. But you see, first we need to begin with our own. Our own little plot. And all the things that we've planted in our own little gardens of Eden. (laughs) We've got to begin to love that right there, right at home. Right in our own inner consciousness. In this dwelling right here. Before we can truly begin to love the God that is in everything. You begin at home. You begin with yourself. But the true self, the God self, that which we call the soul, or that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that we are. So we begin loving right here in our own inner sanctum, our home. And in that, then that loving begins to expand and to pour over into all these other areas. First, within ourselves. It's the whole idea of the fountain and the loving and feeling ourselves to overflowing so that it fills our own consciousness like the fountain through every level, through every chakra, through every auric field, through every, every part of ourselves on every level to overflowing. Then what happens when that loving overflows? Well, it goes somewhere, right? I wonder if that's the river of loving that Rumi spoke of. To ride upon that river of loving. But first we must immerse ourselves within the river. And as we do, and that overflow, it expands. Then we become part of that river. That's a different way to look at it, isn't it? Most of us think about getting in the river of loving. But how do we get in that river of loving? That's what I'm addressing right now. Is how we get into that greater river of loving that we speak of, that Rumi has spoken of, that many have spoken of, that greater river of sound and light that takes the soul back home into the very truth of the divine being. How many of us seek that type of direction? How many of us seek to know that wisdom? How many of us really are looking for the guidance to get into that river, to move into that experience? Rather than approaching our meditation or our life of simply how to solve all of our problems. And again, if if this is what you need for your little inspiration or motivation to even solve all your little problems, go for the loving. Because in the loving, all things are answered, all things are handled, all things are taken care of, all things are fulfilled. All things are released and freed, learned, cleared, freed up liberated, all things within that loving. This pathway is so simple, it only has one thing, one direction, one focus, 
one subject, one object. And that's just the oneness. The oneness of being that simply is, I don't know any better word than the word loving. The true beingness of God is just loving. It is absolutely amazing. The day you awaken and know that truth, you will discover it is simply being loving, a loving beingness. There's not even experience there. There's not even anything created in that beingness that God is. That is the pure beingness that is simply loving. And then out of that pure beingness, that's where we hear the phrases like God spoke and there was light. God spoke. God created. And we have all the different realms of spirit and all these different levels and realms within just this physical dimension of time and space. But through it all is God. Through it all is that river of loving that we often call that voice of God or the sound current the audible life stream, it is all the same. And that, in truth, is the radiant form of the inner master, the spiritual teacher. That radiant form is that light and sound of God that came out of that very loving being that is throughout all of creation in every realm and every level. It is upon that voice that the soul travels, for the soul is that creation that has come out of that sound, the light that was created by the sound. So seek that. Have that as your desire, your intention. Seek the guidance, the wisdom, and the truth to move into that. And all those other life's problems, somehow, ha-ha, just get worked out. Because it is the loving that fulfills and works through everything. But you know, it's kind of funny how we go through life here. Doesn't it sometimes feel like our physical lives are kind of like bumper cars? You ever done that like at a circus or somewhere where you've done the bumper cars? Anybody in their life feel like they're in a little bumper car thing? You know, and then so you, sometimes you try to bump the other guy, knock him around. Sometimes you're getting banged into. And then other times you're just trying to go around the track, not getting bumped, right? But the funny thing is, you're still just going around a track, going nowhere, right? Well, guess what? That's physical life. That wheel or track, it's called often the wheel of life, the wheel of 84, the wheel of reincarnation. It's just the wheel. We just keep going round and round and round. And when we get in the flow and we're not bumping into anybody, we think, yes, God is with me. I must be living in alignment and grace. Everything is wonderful. And then somebody blindsides you and whack. But you know the great thing is when somebody blindsides you and you get whacked upside the head or however it comes about, it gets our attention. And then all of a sudden we go, oh my God, all I've been doing is going round and round in a circle and I'm going nowhere. Yes, I wasn't bumping around for a little while, but all of a sudden, now somebody whacked me. It woke me up to what I'm doing. Do you ever view your life challenges that way? That maybe all those little challenges or obstacles where we feel stuck, we're struggling, we're in pain, that maybe those are the little or big 
bumps that we're getting. And of course, what? It's always somebody else that's bumping us. So what do we do? We blame them. It's your fault. You're such a jerk. I wouldn't be in this situation or going to what I'm going if it weren't for you. How many of us go, golly, thanks for running into me and stirring me awake to give me this opportunity to wake up more. And I'm not going to even go into gratitude yet. (laughs) That's way down the road after you get shaken awake, right? Yeah, because in the shaking, it's disturbing. It can be painful. But if you can begin to perceive it or look at it differently to maybe there's a purpose or reason for all that bumping around even when it's painful, that maybe it is really life circumstances that are triggering, shaking, awaking, or opening, yet something greater within us that we were not aware of until that accident took place. Maybe those accidents are all wonderful opportunities to really begin to awaken to yet a greater part of our own being. I like to say on that journey home to God, the grand big bang, the illumination, there's many enlightenments along the way. little light bulb goes off here, a little light bulb goes off there. Maybe each of those light bulbs, those little enlightenments or awakenings, are all part of the bigger bang, the big illumination. Because each one is throwing us awake to yet another part of our existence, the soul, in and through all of God's creation. You want to get to know God and God's creation and all of God and become one with everything, one with God, one with everything? What do you think we're doing here? Well, we are God in the physical level, getting to know God in the physical level because this is part of God's creation as well. So we are getting to know our greater oneness with God just in this physical experience, even though we may be asleep to that greater illumination at this point in our journey. Did you ever look at life that way? Rather than judging it or condemning it or just wanting to get the heck out of here because you're just sick of it? Did you realize that maybe if you were able to start loving all those things you're sick of and wanting to get the heck out of your life, that in loving those, that maybe you may actually be awakening to the God that you are in all things and that greater God that is one that we've all come from. I'm just throwing it out there. Give it a shot. Think about it. Look at it. Don't look at it. Do whatever you want. But take a look. If you're at some point in your life, whether it's your physical life or your meditation, your spiritual life, take a look at how you are approaching, how you are doing your life. I said your life. Meditation is part of your life. In meditation is where we can begin to awaken to the greater life that we are and then begin to live that all the time, everywhere, in time or space or outside of time and space. We live the life, the truth, 
the way, the loving. That's up to us. Nobody can do it for us. Not even the saints, not even your spiritual teacher, not your guru, but you, you. Because in truth, all that matters, not only who you are, but how you do you. Sometimes we call it attitude. I like to call it our approach. Because I have found my attitude's a lot better when I have the correct approach to loving. My attitude pretty much stinks when I don't have that nice approach to loving. So there you go. Call it attitude, call it approach, whatever you want. But to get the good attitude, I have found it's how I approach God. And God's right here in each of us at the seat of the soul. There's God. Not in this house. Not at the old ILM center. Not at the church. Not at the synagogue. Not at the temple. Sure, you can go to those places. And maybe it might stir something. Just being there physically, looking, listening. And that's great if it is a reminder. And it's not so great if it's a distraction. Same thing here. You could be sitting here right now focusing into the loving within or just judging the hell out of all this or going, man, this got really lousy once the food stopped coming. But you know, how many of us let that be okay? How many of us judge ourselves or judge others when that's what we're doing? Because we're not all focusing on God and lovey-dovey and whatever stuff right now. How about if we let it be okay when we're going through our stuff or somebody else's? Do we even feel the need because we're uncomfortable when somebody else is having a hard time? Do we feel the need we have to go shake them up or change them and tell them what they're doing wrong and here's the right way to do it so you'll get on track? Why do we have to do that? Is it because there's something we're fearful of or in judgment with inside of ourselves because we're uncomfortable with what's going on around us? Well, that's our reaction. What would happen if all we did was handle our own reactions, our own inner discomforts or disturbances? What would happen if we did that? Well, I know what happens, and it's quite amazing. It's wonderful, it's joyful, it's fun, it's hilarious. And then the world becomes a playground. I like to say it's all entertainment. Even myself. I have my tears of misery too. And I have my laughs of joy. But it's all entertainment. Depending on how we approach it. Again, in here in Interlight Ministries, you hear us all the time. Loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, LAF, laugh, because that's often a result when you are truly living loving, acceptance, and forgiveness. Because that, doing those actions within ourselves will always, when we're really doing it, will always bring us back into that place of loving, where we are just living that true divine beingness of who we are. 
They're just keys, tools, techniques. But no matter what the words are you call it, it's just a matter of finding that way, that direction, that guidance, that wisdom, that truth within ourselves. And so I always say, keep approaching it. Sometimes you don't find it for a while. Sometimes it's hit or miss. Sometimes you're in it for a while and then you lose it and you wonder what happened. All that matters is that you keep coming back and looking for that open door. Or maybe you need to open the door and you've already found the door. It's right there. But maybe there's something you need to do in order to open that door back up so that you move back into that peace and joy and loving. And that's our responsibility. Each one of us is simply responsible to ourselves and opening that door and keeping it open, learning how to open it, learning from the things we've done to close it. You can see it now, a little kid at a door slamming it back and forth, open, close, open, close, open, close. That's a lot of the game we'll play for quite a while. I always like to say experiment. Experiment. If you think you found the door and you're getting to know it quite well and it's open and you're just living in that grace and that river of loving is pouring through you, try closing the door. And then try opening it. Then try closing it. Try opening it. Because that's how you're going to learn when you do it consciously, attentively, is how you actually learn this works. And believe me, when you're doing it attentively, consciously, then you're doing it with purpose, intention, direction. And that's how you get the wisdom and the truth. But if you're back on that track in the bumper cars and just getting all banged around and not learning from all the bumps, you're going to stay on that track for a while until you get whacked good enough that maybe you're not able to participate. Then you've got to go heal then you get back on the track. But remember again, it's where we're looking, where our intention is, what it is we're really doing. If all you're trying to do is maneuver through the bumper cars of life so you don't get bumped, you're going to be living a very contracted, fearful life. And that's not fun. It's amazing because we actually do it to ourselves. But yet we have all the reasons and we can justify easily why we're living the way we're living because of all these life experiences and how we've been bumped around. That's challenging. That is probably one of the hardest things in really liberating the soul is letting go and loving and accepting and forgiving all of life's bumps. To really be able to do that and to realize it is us who has reacted to life's bumps in such a way that has closed us down where we literally have separated ourselves from the greater knowing of the truth of who we are and our oneness with God. That's what happens. Life doesn't do it to us. We do it to ourselves. If you can really get that, you can really begin to empower yourself and truly transform your life. But once again, what is it you're trying to transform in your life? Again, is it just the physical? 
Or is your true, sincere intention and desire to awaken to the knowing of who you are as a soul and the souls reuniting and returning back into that oneness with God? That's up to you. I know eventually you're going to get to God. All we're doing here is sharing that straight and narrow, that quick route. I hate to use the word easy. I'll say it's a lot easier than continuing to get banged around. You know, we all want the ease and the grace. Well, I know the grace is always there, but I'll tell you what, sometimes the grace has got to bring you through all the bumps, so it may not be easy. But if you let go of your attachments to having it easy, letting go of your attachments to having it your way, letting go of having to control things, just letting go. That's when it gets easier. It's funny because it's us doing it. It's us doing it. So all we have to do is look to ourselves to see what we're doing and to make the choices of what we do want to do. You really don't need to look around yourself Yes, of course, we need to attend classes and go to retreats and seminars, get the information, the tools, the techniques. Yeah, sure. We all need that because how else are we going to become aware of it? How do we know anything unless we do something to get the awareness? So on this level, we call it information. But that's awareness. Information is awareness. But then it's a matter of what do we do with the information or the awareness to apply it, to take action, to put it to use, to live it so we have the experience of whatever the information is that we're choosing to apply. That's it. But then do we stick with it long enough? Do we try it out enough to get a more rounded perspective or a more full view of things? Or do we just take a little taste from one perspective? Or do we hear somebody else's opinion and we, we believe and live their opinion and don't have ourselves our own experience? There's another big key. You really want to know the greater truth and get the wisdom? Have your own experience, regardless if somebody's opinion is the same as yours regardless if it is accurate or inaccurate, have your own experience so you find out the truth for yourself. Ask, show up, attend, participate. Find out for yourself. That is if you even want to. It doesn't interest at all and there's nothing there. You're like, well, I don't care. Well, of course not then. You know, it's those things that keep coming up. You know those things that we just can't seem to get away from? They keep coming up, whether it's a simple question, a curiosity, or a disturbance, or whatever it is, it just keeps coming up. Those things we just can't get away from. You want your wisdom and guidance and direction? It's right there. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. That's easy. That's right. It hurts, but it's easy. It's right there. Boy, the pain makes me aware of it quite well. And the more it hurts, the more aware of it I get. 
That's right. That's what it does. One of the most wonderful and most horrible experiences that I saw that demonstrated this to me on the inner levels was where I saw the darkness, what we call negative and evil and those horrible, yucky energies come as a tornado just swirling around me. I thought it was the most horrible thing. These demons, these dark energies, all those things we fear and want to get away from. And it was literally a tornado swirling around me even way above my head. And I could feel all the energy of what that darkness represented. And of course, I didn't want to be in that. I didn't want to get caught up in that whirlwind or bumper cars. That's what it'd be like getting in that whirlwind. There's a bumper car again going round and round on the track, on the wheel. But in that, I realized I had a choice. I could choose to get caught up in the whirlwind or I could choose out of it. But the funny thing, the way the whirlwind worked, it was too powerful to move outside of it, so I had to go to the very center. And what's at the center of every tornado or hurricane? The eye of the tornado. And what's always in the center? The calm, the peace. The eye of the tornado, the eye. And as I went into the eye of it, there was the calm and peace. And all around me was the tornado, but none of it was affecting me in any way whatsoever. But yet I was watching it. I was aware of it. I couldn't see beyond it. It was all darkness. But guess what? In the eye of that tornado, there was light. I wasn't in darkness. So I looked up. And there it is, it's just a straight column, like a tube in the sun, way up in the sky, just shining right down through the top. There it is, right there in the middle of this tornado of all this darkness. So all I had to do was look up and make a choice. And I just started to lift right on up through that tube, through that column. And that's something we can all do. That's what we're doing. If you want to get off that track or wheel, the bumper cars, stop trying to even figure out your physical life because there's always going to be something to figure out. There's always going to be the next problem, always the next challenge, always the next opportunity, always the next thing we're excited about, good or bad. This is for the good stuff too. We always get excited about when things are going good, right? But it's still physically focused. The only way out, as we've all heard, is in. And not only is it the only way out is in, but it's also up. So the only way out is in and up. We've got to come back into the soul, the beingness that we are. And that's what we're doing in meditation when we focus at the seat of the soul and go within, chanting that sacred name. And then up. The wonderful thing is, and not upwards, we simply have to look up within ourselves and begin to focus and direct our attention and our loving towards God. And then in that, here's the other part of letting go and letting God. In that, we also let God, because God then draws us up. We of ourselves cannot draw ourselves up. 
But we can make the choice to let go of all the other stuff that's in the way. We can make the choice to come into the soul that we are. We can make the choice to be the loving and to do the loving. And then in that, God happens. God takes place. God now meets us at our point of action, in this case, interaction. God meets us there. And that's where that radiant form, the inner master, the spiritual teacher, the hand of God, the river of loving, all of these things, that true spiritual pathway then now is extended to us and now lifts us up out of the tornado or the bumper cars of life. That's how you get liberated. It is truly God's loving that can appear in all these different forms. That's why we just simply call it a radiant form, because it's radiant, it's loving, it's light, it's sound. But it'll come looking as the teacher. It'll come looking as a light. It'll come not looking as anything. You may just feel that presence. You may hear it as a sound. It comes in all these different ways, and we simply have to be open to whatever way God wants to come and present itself. And all we have to do is be open. If we even have an attachment to the way it's supposed to look or sound on the inner levels, we're going to hold ourselves back. This is the scary part of this. Because we think, oh my God, if I've truly got to totally surrender and let go, then can all those demons get me? Yep, they can. They'll rip the hell out of you. And then what's left? Heaven. Try it. Well, I didn't tell you the other part of the story when I got to that experience of getting to the eye of the tornado. Well, all the years up to that, I was going through the hells to get to the center. And that's what we're all doing. We're walking through all of our hells to get to heaven. But if you can even have, this is where it is trust and faith. If you can even have a little trust or faith in what any true spiritual teacher shares and follow that, you will find out for yourself. And that's all that any true spiritual teacher can do is give that guidance but then it's up for you to apply it, to get your wisdom and to awaken to the truth. That's up to you. That's what God gave us the opportunity here is to learn, to have experience. Life is to be experienced, not just get the answers. The answers can help to give you direction and guidance, but then you've got to go live and have your own experience to awaken to the truth. Truth is not words. It's not words. Truth is experience. And that's what we want here on this journey. That's what we're doing. This isn't about Jim or I or anybody spouting off wisdom, words of wisdoms, pearls of wisdom, gems, gold from heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have the words and to spout them off but they don't do anything of themselves. It is only what we do, and those words can serve us to give us direction to go into our own truth. Then they're valuable. Then those words are pearls of wisdom, 
but only if we make them so. Think of how pearls created. A little piece of sand, a little irritant. It's going to bug the hell out of you, but in that bugging you, it turns into this amazing pearl. Right there is an example of nature, of how it works. It's an irritation, but in that comes this wonderful pearl, this wisdom, this truth, and the beauty and the radiance that comes with that. And believe me, even on these inner levels, these spiritual experiences, the soul will have these experiences. Whether you remember them or not in this physical consciousness really doesn't matter. And you may remember some things and a lot you won't. But the soul will have experiences where literally we will even experience pearls of wisdom, the gems from God. We've heard of this pearl of great price that is our own soul. Well, I'll tell you what, when you awaken and see that in the realms of spirit, it is absolutely majestic and beautiful. And the luminance off of that is amazing. But that's what happens when you take these grains of sand, or what is it, the mustard seed? Whatever it is, there's a process that takes place. Somebody was mentioning to me earlier about birthing. And I was saying, you know, truly when the spirit is born, we go through labor pain. Just like when a child is born. There is the pains of labor. Those do take place. But if you can realize there's value there and that you're making that pearl a great price because that's what's going to come out of it, that's where the blessing unfold. That's where you awaken and know the grace. But really the grace is just yourself. The radiant expression of God's loving. That's the light. And God's the sound. That's why this is a path of light and sound because it is the light of your own soul and the sound of God's voice, the Holy Spirit. 